How many, when you think of Thanksgiving, are like this guy we just watched on the video, thinking about food? Come on. That's one of the things I think about. It's one of the few times in the whole year that Melinda will bake me a homemade coconut pie. And that's why I'm fat. I love apple pie, I love coconut pie. I love, I love the turkey. I love to eat a lot of turkey and it makes me sleepy and I go sleep. How many think of football when you think of Thanksgiving? Yeah, you, you come home, you eat, and you sit down, and you watch a good, good football game. I grew up in Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth, and guess who always played on Thanksgiving Day? The Cowboys. It was tradition. Most of the time back then when I was growing up, they were playing against the Redskins. So I grew up enjoying football too. How many, when you think of Thanksgiving, you think of family? Amen. You, you enjoy coming together with your family. And there's nothing wrong with those things. Amen? Those th things are not inherently sinful, except maybe the coconut pie. <laughs> but today, I want you to think about beyond those things, what really is Thanksgiving about? Some are historian buffs, and they, they love the story about the first Thanksgiving and how the Native Americans came and helped the pilgrims and how they survived through the winter and, and they had a feast. But beyond all those things, church, Thanksgiving is an opportunity for us as Christians to be thankful for what the Lord has done for us. I want, I want to begin with this verse in 1 Thessalonians. It's a short verse. You've all heard it. But it tells us what God's will is for us concerning thanksgiving. In chapter 5, verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians, Scripture says, In everything give thanks. In everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I've encountered people through the years that have struggled with that verse. They think, Pastor, if, if I'm sick, I'm supposed to be thankful? Yes, you are. What if I lose my job? What if I lose a loved one? How can I be thankful for these things? Well, the, the verse, notice, it doesn't say be thankful for those things. It says be thankful in those things. And there's a huge difference there. Now, I don't think God is telling us to praise him and thank him when the car breaks down and it's 15 below and we don't have money for repairs. Thank you, Lord, that my car just broke down. Or thank you, Lord, that I've got COVID-19 and I'm very sick. Thank you, Lord, for cancer, heart disease. No, that's not what God's telling us there. He's telling us, though, that in the midst of those things, we should have a thankful heart because God is still on the throne and he's still in control. Amen. He is still the Lord, our healer. He's promised I will never leave you and never forsake you. We have his presence and his power and his glory in our lives. 
So we're thankful in those things, not for those things. Are you with me? And so no matter where you are today, what you're going through, some of you may have a, a disease today or a sickness that you're battling. God isn't telling you to be thankful for that sickness or disease. He's telling you to be thankful that he is the Lord, your healer. That by his stripes, you, we were healed. Amen? So as we be, begin this Thanksgiving season, a Christian should be thankful all the time, not just one day a year. Amen. We, we should live and be thankful no matter what I'm going through. Maybe it's a relationship struggle, a struggle with your kids or a struggle with your husband and wife. It doesn't say that we are to be thankful because we're going through struggles, but in the midst of those, we're thankful that God hasn't left us, that he restores relationships. He brings healing to them. And so church, that's why it's God's will that we are always thankful. We're always thankful. Now I want to look at, a, at one more verse before we go to Luke. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament, one of my favorite verses when I think about those difficult things in life. It's Romans chapter 8, and it's verse 18. I love Romans chapter 8. It's just filled with wonderful truth. But I love this verse. Verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Are you with me? Did you get that? It doesn't matter how bad or difficult this life is, what we go through, God says, you can't begin to compare the suffering in this life to the glory of God we're going to experience in his presence one day. Amen? That's why we're thankful. This life is short. This life isn't all there, that there is. There is a heaven. There is an eternity with God forever. And we're going to experience the glory of God. And he says, all these things that we go through because of sin entering into this world, sickness and disease and struggles and evil and the things that we face, all that we shouldn't compare and say, oh, look how horrible this is because it's nothing compared to the glory of God that we're going to experience one day. Amen? Now jump over to Luke chapter 17 with me. Luke chapter 17. I want to look at a familiar story. I've, I've talked about it before, but I want, to, I want us to see it again. It's the story of the, the lepers, the ten lepers. And I've titled the message today, Only One Was Thankful. Only one was thankful. They were all healed, but only one was thankful. Look at verse 11 in chapter 17 of Luke with me. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten who were lepers who stood afar off. It was the law. They had to stand afar off. Because of their disease, and it was contagious, they could not come close to others. But they came close enough to Jesus to receive their healing. 
Verse 13 says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. How many want mercy? They came saying, Lord, we need mercy. So he saw them. Jesus sees us, church. He knows what we're going through. And he sees us when we ask for mercy. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. This implies that the others were Jews. They were God's people. They should have been thankful for what God had done. But they, they weren't. They didn't turn back. They didn't say thank you. But the Samaritan did. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are, were there not found any or any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. The word there that is translated made you well is the Greek word sozo. We've talked about it before. It means wholeness. It means more than escape from an eternity separated from God. It means to be saved, to be made well, to be made whole. This man received more than just a physical healing from leprosy. He received a spiritual healing because he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He received a greater healing than the physical healing. I love that. He said, your faith has saved you or made you well. I want us to note that thanksgiving is a form of worship. Look at verse 15 and 16 once again. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. Giving thanks. Church, the leper was not ashamed to worship. He was not ashamed to give thanks to God for what God had done to him. And I wonder how many times are we more inclined to be like the nine who didn't come and thank the Lord than we are the one who did. How, how many times do you receive a blessing and you don't even stop to say, thank you, Lord, for this blessing in my life? And he wasn't ashamed to, to praise and to worship God. He was loud. He, he came back and thanked Jesus. And church, I think so, too many times we get quiet and sovereign. We don't want anybody to see us. We don't want anybody to hear us. Even if we are thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. He wasn't ashamed to worship. He wasn't ashamed to express his love for the Lord. The leper's outward actions spoke about what had happened and changed in his heart. 
Now, there may be some who, who get exuberant or who get excited in church or, or worship maybe because they want to be seen. But I, I think for the most part, the people that get excited and get loud and worship Jesus are the ones who realize I was dead in my trespasses and sins and God raised me from the dead. Amen. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm thankful for it. And I'm going to praise him with all that I am. I think that's what the leper was experiencing. Why was he worshiping? Because he was healed. He was healed of leprosy. Leprosy is a horrible disease where your skin just rots away, where you can't even feel what's going on. And, and if you study what was taking place back in those days, it was so horrible because at night, the rats or other animals would come in and literally eat where their leprosy had, had taken over and they couldn't even feel it. It was horrible. No wonder this gentleman was so excited and so willing to just lay down everything he had to worship the Lord. Look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he saw that he was healed. He returned with a loud voice glorifying God, fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. Now you say, well, was that appropriate, pastor? I hear that all the time. People get excited. People do something in church and somebody will walk up afterwards and say, was that appropriate? Years ago, I did a, a bus ministry in, in uh, Fort Worth. We went in to some of the the low-income areas, and we loaded up a bus with children, and we wanted them to hear about Jesus, and we brought them to the church. And guess what? Their manners weren't that great. They were running all over the church. They were messing things up. But we got them to be still, and we told them about Jesus, and hands went up, and they said, yes, I want to know him. But afterwards, people were saying, I don't know if this is a good idea to do this. They, they got the church all dirty and all messy, and they don't have any respect for God's house. And I said, all of it was worth it if just one of them accepted Jesus. <laughs> don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about that. This man was healed. And what I want us to see in the next few minutes is that that worship comes because he received a miracle. He was praising God. He was thanking God because his life was never going to be the same. And church, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You have been cleansed of leprosy. Sin on your life eats away at you and it destroys your life. And when you come to know Jesus by the precious blood we sing about it today, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Our lives are changed. We're never the same anymore. And there is a natural thankfulness that rises up within us. There's, there's a desire because of what we have experienced in Christ to praise him with all that we are. Amen? 
In the Old Testament, it tells us that worship and praise is acceptable. In fact, God tells us to do it. There are 11 different words that we translate as praise in the Old Testament. And I want to take a moment and I want to look at the the seven uh, prominent ones. There's seven words in the Old Testament that are prominent and they're used for thanksgiving and praise. In fact, four of them appear in Psalm 100 verse 4. In Psalm 100 verse 4 it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Four times in that short verse, it's telling us to be thankful and to praise. And I want to look at those words in the original language. In the Hebrew, the first one is Toda. Toda. And no, that is not a Star Wars character. Toda. And in the original language, it means thanksgiving, but literally, it means a thanksgiving choir. So we are to enter into his courts, not alone, but with a whole choir and all of us giving him praise and thanks. Every Sunday, that should be our, our, our picture as we gather together. And you say, well, pastor, I can't sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? And if you're standing next to me, just do it quietly. No. (laughs) Just kidding. We are to be a Thanksgiving choir. When people come into our church, they should recognize we are all in one accord. We are here and we're going to be a choir. Voices lifted up and singing our thanks and our praise to the God Most High. That's what Toda means. Secondly is the word tequila, and I did not say tequila. <laughs> tequila may make you sing, but it's not going to be worship. <laughs> on, on Tuesday nights years ago in Wrangell, we had what we called Tequila Tuesday. And every Tuesday night, we would just come and we would worship for about an hour. It was all about worship, all about singing and praising God. And it's funny because we'd have visitors come because they thought it was Tequila Tuesday. <laughs> Let me tell you, Tequila is far greater. Amen. Tehillah means into his courts with praise. That's how it's translated there. But the the inner meaning is to sing a song of thanksgiving. To sing a song. How many of you ever sing a song in the shower? I do. Some of us think that's the only place that we should ever sing. The church, we need to lift up our voices. And God gives us songs. He'll just birth a song in you. And all of a sudden, you you can just begin to sing a song that you've never heard and you've never sung before. And the Lord will just give you a new song in your heart for Him. Right? Or maybe it'll be an old old song that that you love, you grew up with, and all of a sudden it comes to your remembrance and you just want to start singing it. 
Why? Because you love Jesus. <laughs> because you've been transformed by the power of his blood. You're not the same anymore. Right? So you just burst into song. Pastor Larry did that a lot. He was singing songs that were so old, I didn't even know them. But there'll be times, you know, one of the old songs I used to sing is, I've got a feeling. And there'll be times I'm just working around the church doing something and all of a sudden I'll just break into song. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Amen? I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Be all right, be all right, be all right. Why? Because God's on the throne. He's in control. So don't be afraid, church, while you're, while you're baking the turkey, or maybe you're even anointed to bake a coconut pie. <laughs> and you break out in song. I've got a feeling. That's thanksgiving to the Lord. The third one, yada. And no, again, it's not a Star Wars character. Yada, it's translated be thankful, but it means to give thanks with extended hands raised to the Lord. That's what it means. If you ever want to know why you come to a church and you see people during worship lift their hands, it's because God's Word tells us to. We're giving him thanks. We're giving him praise. We're lifting our hands to him. That's also a sign of total surrender. Right? I love it. When, when my grandkids were small and they would come and they'd look way up at me and they'd go. I can't wait till Lalathia gets that age where she comes to Big Paw. Wanting to be picked up. Wanting to be hugged. There's so many things that we can see in worship as we lift our hands. But God says we are giving thanks for what the Lord has done for us. The fourth one is Barak. And it means to kneel down in thanksgiving. When was the last time you kneeled down before the Lord? And said, Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done for me. That's powerful. I love it. Almost every service will have people that will do that. They'll come to the altar on both sides and they'll just kneel down before the Lord. It's bowing down and thanking Him. We see that in, in Scripture in the Old Testament. And if you take all four of those words and what their literal meaning is, this is what that verse says. I love this. Enter into His gates with a thanksgiving choir and into his courts, singing praises, be thankful by extending your hands to him and bless him by bowing down before his name. Isn't that awesome? Now, people come to me all the time and they'll say, Pastor, Pastor, I just wasn't raised that way. Pastor, that's not my personality. I've heard that probably millions of times. People... Well, Pastor, I love Jesus, but that's not my personality. I'm reserved. I'm quiet. No, you're not. You're prideful. 
Ooh. Did I say that? I want to challenge you. Are you prideful? Are you worried what somebody's going to think? What somebody's going to say? Are you focused on the Creator that gave you life and has blessed you and saying, God, you're worthy of all my praise. You're worthy of all thanksgiving today. Yes, we all are, are different. Some people, it's easy. You know, some of us are more quiet. I was very quiet. As a kid in school, you, you didn't know I was there. I was on the back row. I never opened my mouth. I never wanted to be in front of anybody. You think, well, what are you doing now, Pastor? <laughs> Let me tell you. It was so bad when I told my mom and dad that God had called me to preach the word, my mom said, oh, son, you don't have the personality to do that. I've told you that before. That is true. My dad, my dad was even more encouraging. He said, son, you'll never, you'll never survive. You're going to be broke. With encouragement like that, it's a wonder I'm here today. I didn't want to be in front of anybody. I didn't want to take a speech class. I didn't, want to, I, didn't, I didn't want to take a preaching class. I didn't want to be in front of anybody. But there was a day when I surrendered everything to Jesus, and I said, Lord, here I am. Do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever. Lord, you call me to preach, I'll preach. Lord, here I am. I'm surrendered to you. And God got a hold of me. And so I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. You can use me. Lord, if you can use a donkey, you can use me. And God got a hold of me. And from that time forward, I wasn't ashamed to stand in front of anybody. I wasn't afraid to stand in front of anybody. I wasn't afraid to preach. And I wasn't afraid to lift my hands to Jesus and give him glory. I wasn't ashamed to bow down before him and praise him with all that I am. God got a hold of me. And he changed everything. And you say, well, pastor, I grew up in a family that was reserved. I've heard this numerous times. I never heard from my parents that they loved me. And it's sad that we live in a world like that. But many people go through that. They've never experienced a parent, authority figure saying, I love you. But church, you've been an adopted into the family of God. And in God's family, he always says, I love you. Amen? You're not in that family alone. Now, you are in the family of God, and his family says, I love you. Amen? There's three other words. They're not in this same verse, but I want to quickly go through them. Halal. I like halal. It's the word that's the original, originating word for Hallelujah. And listen to what it means. Clamorously foolish. That's what it means. It means you can get loud praising Jesus. It means you can get silly. In other words, I'm not worried. It's, it's what King David was doing when the ark was brought back to Jerusalem. And he was dancing in his underwear. And his wife got so upset, you know. 
Oh, look at you, the king, you know. And he said, I'll become even more undignified than this. That's what it means. I'm not worried about what you think about me, about how I worship God. I'm not worried about that. I am worried about pleasing him, giving him glory, and giving him everything that I am, and worshiping my king. Amen. The sixth word is zamar. And it means to give thanks with a musical instrument. Our worship team does that every Sunday morning. You know what? They are not playing just to entertain you. They are not playing loudly to drown out those who can't carry a tune. When Caleb plays the bass, or Misha plays the bass, or Pastor Harry plays the bass, or Gary plays the bass, they're playing those strings in worship to our Creator and our Lord. When David is in there drumming, or Patrick, or Mitch, they're playing, and every beat is sounding the sound of thanksgiving and praise for the victory that we have in Jesus. Amen. The seventh word is shabak, which means to give thanks in a loud tone. It's translated many places in the Old Testament as a shout. You remember ever reading a verse that says, shout to the Lord? There are times that we are to be quiet before the Lord. There's times that we are to wait and be still before the Lord. But church, there are also times that we give him a holy shout. Amen? Let's do that right now. I want you to shout hallelujah with me on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah! You say, pastor, is that biblical? Yes. It's biblical. Let's get back to the leper. In Luke, look at verse 15. I want you to notice that miracles produce gratitude. In verse 15, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, there was a miracle of healing as leprosy was gone. And then what does it do? He says he returns with a loud voice glorifying God. He begins to worship. When you receive a miracle, church, you need to give God glory. If God heals you, shout hallelujah. Tell somebody what Jesus did. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be quiet. God loves to bless you. He loves to touch you and heal you. He loves to do a miracle in your life. And when he does, now I want want you to think about this. When the leper, say it was a year later, how do you think the leper would respond if he saw Jesus on the other side of the road. Oh, hey, there's that Jesus prophet guy. Or do you think he'd just kind of ignore him and act like he didn't see him? I think he would still act and respond just like he did then. I think he would run a beeline to Jesus and he would praise him and he would fall at his feet. In church, that's such a powerful truth for us today. Because guess what? We've been healed of something far worse than leprosy. 
It's called sin. And it destroys our lives. And it rules our lives. It tears our, our lives apart. And you know what? When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that sin is cleansed, its power is broken from our lives. We're free in Him. Amen? And that is a greater miracle than being healed of leprosy. So every time we come to church, it's our opportunity to come running back to Jesus, the one who saved me, the one who healed me. Amen? I think we lose that. I think sometimes we get complacent in what the Lord's done in our lives. Church, don't get complacent with your thanksgiving and your praise. Think about it. Leprosy. If I came down with leprosy, today they've got medical things to treat it. But then they didn't. If I contracted leprosy, I could never hold Melinda's hand. I couldn't cuddle with her. and She likes me to do that, by the way. In fact, if it goes several days, she's, she gives me that look. And in about time, you give me a little cuddle. Let me know you love me. Think about that. If I had leprosy, I could never hold my precious granddaughter, Alethea. I'd be alone. I'd be shunned. I'd be separated. But Jesus healed. And again, the healing that we have is far greater than that. He became whole, healthy again. Look at verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. There's such a powerful truth there. As they went, they were cleansed. The miracle took place when they acted in faith and obedience. In faith and obedience. That's when the miracle took place. That's why it's so important, church, that we're obedient to God's Word. And that we have faith in God's Word. They could have said, well, why would we go to the priest? I'm, I'm still leprous. They could have stayed there. But they didn't. They acted on faith. They went to the priest. And if they hadn't been healed, it would have been horrible because it would have been against the law that they were coming, showing themselves as lepers to the priest when they weren't healed yet. So they had to have faith and, and they were obedient to the word of the Lord. Church, if you want miracles in your life, live according to the word. Because living in obedience to God's word will position you to receive the miraculous in your life. Amen? And have faith. I've told it several times. But when God called us to Alaska... There were so many of our friends that thought we were nuts. They did. It's been almost 30 years ago. But Melinda and I both prayed. We both had a word from the Lord. He was calling us to Alaska. Neither one of us knew anyone in Alaska. We didn't know any pastors, any evangelists. We didn't know the district officials. We didn't know anyone in Alaska. And at that time, we weren't even associated, I'd grown up Assembly of God, we went to the Assembly of God church, or school, that's where we met, 
But when we got out, we first pastored a little independent church. So I didn't even have my credentials with the assemblies at that time. So I had no idea what God was going to do, how he was going to open any doors in Alaska for us. But we agreed and we said, we're going to go to Alaska. We don't know how, but we're going to have faith in the word of God, what he's called us to do, and we're going to be obedient. I went and I bought a Jeep Cherokee four-wheel drive. Prior to that, we hadn't had any four-wheel drives. It was Texas. And we were driving smaller cars and rear-wheel drive, two-wheel drive. And I had, you know, my mom questioned, why did you buy Jeep Cherokee four-wheel drive? Other people, why did you buy that? It's because I was preparing because God had called us to Alaska. We didn't know how God was going to do it, but we knew he was going to do it. So we started preparing And then God miraculously opened the door. And Melinda just finished her teaching degree. It was a degree in human and learning development, which is an unusual teaching degree. She looked in the paper in Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And she looked for a job. We didn't know when God was going to call us to Alaska. It may be another five years yet. So she was looking for a job. She came across an article with an 800 number. And it didn't say where it was. It just said they wanted that degree and here's the number to call. And she kind of put it aside and looked for another week or so. And then finally she didn't find anything else. She said, I'm just going to give that a call. She called that 800 number and it was Kodiak Baptist Mission in Kodiak, Alaska. I looked at her and said, honey, that's how God's going to get us to Alaska. And God opened the door. And we said, we'll do whatever you want us to do. We'll go wherever you want us to go. But we took those steps of faith. And so church, I just want to encourage you, take those steps of faith. Trust in the Word of God. Be obedient to the Word of God. And finally, I want us to look at one more verse and we'll close and the worship team can make their way forward. In verse 17, it says, So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There's many ways for us to look at that. But I want to ask you, are you the one? It doesn't matter what anyone else does around you. Even in your personal family, you're going to worship and give thanks and praise to God no matter what. We can look at it also at at the church in in the United States. We are so blessed. Pastor Todd was talking about it earlier, how blessed we are. And compared to the rest of the world, church, you are wealthy. In fact, you're in the 90% of the wealth of the world. Sometimes when we struggle to pay a bill, we, we don't think that. When I think about how blessed we are, when I think about the, the building that we have, the homes that we have, I was talking with Dr. Martin this week about his trips to Ethiopia and he was encouraging me to go with him. He was talking about how hungry the Ethiopian people are for God. How that they'll, they'll get up early in the morning and they'll walk all day in the hot sun so that they can come to church at night. And when they come to church, they don't sit there for 30 minutes or an hour, an hour and a half. 
When they come to have church and to worship God, they're not worried about how long the service goes. It can go hours and hours, and sometimes they'll even tell the pastors or the preachers to preach longer, preach longer. I've had friends that have gone to Africa and said, if I didn't preach four hours, they were upset. I thought they were going to kill me. It's because they're hungry for God. And he said, and he said they, they, they're not ashamed to dance before God. They're not ashamed to raise their hands and praise Him. They're not ashamed to shout to God or sing to the Lord. They worship with all that they are. And you say, where does that thankfulness come from? It doesn't come from driving a Mercedes Benz. It doesn't come from having a big house on the hill. It doesn't, doesn't come from even having enough food sometimes. They live on dirt houses with dirt floor. And they live in houses that have roofs made of straw. And yet, the church there appears many times to be more thankful than the church here. You say, how can they be so thankful? They're not going to have a Thanksgiving meal like we're going to have Thursday. Many times they struggle just to have enough food to keep their stomachs from growling. But church, they've discovered Jesus. And they, have, they feel they have so much to be thankful for. Because He is their Savior. What the sufferings they're going through now aren't worthy to be compared with the glory that they're going to experience in His presence someday. And so I want to challenge you this week. Maybe raise your hands and thank Jesus every day. Or bow down on your knees and thank Him. Or sing a song in praise and thanksgiving. Or join with others and have a thanksgiving choir. But be thankful for all that we have. Church, we li still live in the greatest nation the world has ever known. Amen? I know we've got struggles. I know we need to pray. I know that we need a revival desperately in our nation. But I thank God for uh, just what, last week or the week before last, um, we had all of our veterans up here and we thank them. I still thank God for, for all of our men and women that are patriots, that love God and are thankful for this nation and willing to lay down their lives for their brothers. Amen? We still live in the greatest nation the world has ever known. And we need to be thankful for that. Amen? Will you stand with me? I want to ask our prayer team to come. Come, prayer team, come to the front and some come to the back. And before we go today, I want to give you just an opportunity, a, mo a few moments, to come and agree in prayer. If there's something that you want to pray about today, something that you want to lift up to the Lord today, whatever that is, come and meet with one of our prayer team today. And most of all, if you don't know where you stand with God today. Scripture says all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. All of us make mistakes. We're not perfect. And all of us need a Savior. 
Jesus paid for our sin. If you don't know where you stand with the Lord today, I want to invite you to find someone, one of our prayer team members. And I want you to come and to pray with them today. Or maybe you've got a financial need or maybe a, a, a need in a relationship. Maybe you've got a prodigal son or daughter that needs to come back to the Lord. Whatever your need is today, we're going to spend just a few moments and we're going to take that need to the Lord today. Because He cares. Will you come? Will you find someone to pray with today? Mitch and the team are going to lead us in worship. If you don't have a need today, I want you just to begin to worship and praise the Lord for just a moment.